BYU football held their final annual media day ahead of the 2022 season, their final season of independence, their final independent, I guess, media day. What did we take away from that? And we'll obviously catch up on the other news involved in BYU athletics. Some news coming out earlier this week we'll touch on as well. Consider this your recap edition of BYU Football Media Day. If you missed it, this is Locked on Cougars. You are Locked on Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. We are very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where, of course, the motto is your team every day. And as such, this is your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. By way of introduction, for some of you who may be tuning in for the first time or checking back in after a long hiatus, I work for the now KSL Sports Zone in Salt Lake City, part of the KSL Sports team producing DJ and PK in the morning if you're a local radio listener, a sports talk radio listener here in the greater Utah area. And thank you for checking this show out. BYU-centric. We cover it all. Our goal here is simply stated to make you the smartest BYU fan in the room. And let's talk about BYU Football Media Day. What did we take away from the final installment of BYU's final independent media day? Well, I don't think there was necessarily all that much news that was newsworthy. I think the Shamrock Series game with Notre Dame is being played in Allegiant Stadium. People are acting like this was a newsworthy thing. Any of you who were paying attention and maybe watch this podcast or listen to some of the other people out there, when the game was officially being rumored, and this goes back to last fall, and then finally was announced that BYU and Notre Dame were going to play a game in Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, we all knew, didn't we, that Notre Dame controlled the rights to that game. BYU acquiesced and gave the home game up. That Shamrock series is not a neutral site thing for Notre Dame. It's a home game away from home annually for Notre Dame. They go all over the country. They've gone to San Diego. They go different places in the Northeast. It'll be their first game ever in the state of Nevada when they face off against the Cougars there at Allegiant Stadium. And it's going to make things very, very interesting if you want to attend this game. Either you need to become very good friends with a high-ranking Cougar club member, up your donations to get high enough on that priority list, or be willing to pony up when those tickets finally go on sale. I, I have heard nothing official on whether they're going to on sale. We're into June now, so I would hope that any day now some kind of concrete news will come out on that front, but I still have not heard. So I apologize. I don't have much more on that, but I don't feel like that was necessarily like revolutionary news. Maybe I'm, maybe I missed that it was not really readily talked about, but I felt like we already knew about that on the personnel side of things when it comes to the roster. And we'll dig into the depth chart here in a moment. I want to talk more about the roster changes that we learned about earlier, earlier today. I'm recording this on Wednesday night, shortly after I got home from BYU football media day. I think the biggest thing we learned from the roster changes for BYU, the biggest 
impact guy I feel like BYU is losing is Isaiah Heron. He is a cornerback who has started in parts of three seasons, if I recall correctly, for BYU. Medically retiring, going to stay in school and finish his degree. He joins Keenan Ellis, who obviously was injured against Arizona a year ago and has never been able to get back from his own medical concerns. So two of the three guys that were kind of that core of the cornerback unit for a number of years for BYU, D'Angelo Mandel is the only one left that has not necessarily been really dinged up. So best wishes to Isaiah Heron as he medically retires. That opens up a big opportunity for a guy like Gabe Judy Lally, who is coming in from Vanderbilt, the grad transfer. Uh, BYU also chasing uh, some other prospects out there. And that's the interesting part about this is BYU think understands they need to get some bodies into that cornerback position, especially when you lose two starting caliber guys in both Keenan Ellis and, as we learned today, Isaiah Heron going down. So I, I think that maybe is the most impactful name that was not on the roster what we heard is retiring. Uh, there was that resurgence of Keanu Saliapaga. There was some hope that he'd be able to get his grades in order, get everything in order to be able to play this fall. Well, according to Daryl Funk, he is off the team. Kalani Sitake called it, quote, highly doubtful that Saliapaga would return to the BYU football program. So that return story, the redemption story of Keanu Saliapaga apparently has been short-lived. Uh, he was a standout in spring ball, but... For all intents and purposes, it appears that his time at BYU is officially over. And that's that's unfortunate because Ganesali Apaga would add very much a quality depth piece to BYU's offensive line. The good news is there are at least seven to eight, maybe even ten guys deep as it stands, even without Sally Apaga on the roster, so they should be able to absorb that issue. Also along the offensive line, Dylan Rollins was not listed. He is the former high school player of the year out of the state of Montana. He uh, is not on the roster currently. Don't necessarily know what the situation is there. Brock Gunderson, who's a return missionary, who actually had quite a few offers. He comes from the state of Texas. He is no longer on the roster. And then the other offensive lineman that was not on the roster, we expected to not be there, is JT Gentry. He walked during BYU's senior day last fall. He has moved on with his life. Other players who are no longer listed on the official roster after being there last year include linebacker Isaac Matua, a, a guy out of Kearns High School who's just a freshman last year. Cade Hoke, another linebacker, son of Chris Hoke, the former BYU standout and two-time Super Bowl champion. He's not on the roster. Alex Muti not on the roster as well. Nick Nethercott, Jacob Paulu, Burke Parker, Mikey Petty, Cade Pupunu, and Rhett Riley. Uh, obviously, uh, those names out there. Ben Tui Pelotu is a little bit of a surprise that he's not listed there, a tight end for BYU. And then Seth Willis, also not listed. The only name on that list that I know will not be back is JT Gentry. Any of these guys could find themselves back in the good graces or a figured out whatever they needed to figure out to get themselves back on the roster ahead of training camp coming up in August. But those are the names that were not on the roster and a few of surprises there. Now, in terms of guys coming back off of missions who have joined the program right away, include the likes of former American Forks stud Bodie Schoonover, Tate Romney, of course, the younger brother of Baylor and Gunnar Romney. He's a linebacker. Both him and Schoonover are linebackers. Preston Rex, the younger brother of Isaac Rex, and of course, son of former BYU tight end great Byron Rex. Preston was originally slated to play defensive back for BYU, but they have him listed as a wide receiver. At least. So at least he'll start his career on the offensive side of the ball. We'll see how he develops there. He's not as big as his dad or his brother, more of a slight build, but 
very much a ball player. Kyson Hall, the younger brother of uh, Jaron Hall, joins the roster, a speedster out of Maple Mountain High School in uh, Mapleton, Utah. Guy can really get downfield. Going to be a good receiver, I think, down the road for BYU. And then Logan Peely, the brother connection continues here as Keenan Peely, his older brother's on the roster. Obviously, Trajan Peely, a former BYU defensive lineman slash linebacker, is their older brother. But Logan Peely, another linebacker, joins the team. Some other notable names that are not on the roster currently in terms of return missionaries who probably will end up being gray shirts and will join the program next January include uh, running back slash linebacker prospect Nukaluve Halu, Ace Kafusi, Isaiah Tupo, Jake Griffin, and Devin Downing, among others. Uh, those names obviously are guys coming back off missions. The staff at BYU is very careful with guys when it comes to making sure that their bodies are ready for the rigors of college football and think that some of these guys, gray shirting is not a bad idea. The good news is not all of them are gray shirting. Like we had uh, just this past year, felt like all of the return missionaries were gray shirts and joined the program in January. It appears at least some of the guys will be enrolling right away, and that is a positive if you're a BYU fan. There are some other names out there, uh, guys like, um, uh, I'm thinking of the former Roy, uh, Parker Kingston, uh, in terms of like true freshmen are enrolling immediately, already enrolled. He is on the roster. Gabe Judy Lally is listed on the roster. So a lot of the names that you would expect to contend for playing time, they're on the list, and that's a positive if you're a BYU fan. Now, the one other thing I want to pass along on the roster side of things in terms of stuff that, I, that stood out to me is that you're seeing the defensive line. We heard during spring ball from Kalani Sitake and others that BYU's defensive line, they had really bulked up. Well, if the weights and heights are to be believed, it shows that on the roster. Tyler Batty currently listed at 275 pounds. He had been around 260 pounds on previous rosters. I saw Tyler in person, did not get a chance to speak with him, but he looks noticeably bigger. Caden Hawes listed at 320 pounds after being listed around 310 or 315 a year ago. Blake Freeland, the stud left tackle, who has all kinds of NFL prospects. He is listed at 310 pounds himself. Josh Larson is up to 300 pounds after being listed at 255 a year ago. So the good news is there's a lot of guys in the trenches who have added muscle mass, and that's a positive. I had a great conversation with one of BYU's offensive linemen, uh, and I asked him, like, hey, here's the thing. How do you guys go about in terms of like your weight gain versus making sure you maintain where you're at, that type of stuff when it comes to the season? The conversation we had, he said that during spring ball, he actually was will uh, gain weight during the winter conditioning phase. So going from January till March when spring ball starts, he'll actually put on extra weight to absorb all the rigors of spring camp. And then after spring camp ends, he calls it cutting season. He actually tries to cut down on the uh, body fat side of things while keeping the muscle mass that he has gained. And he feels like he's actually ahead of schedule on that front. It was an off the record conversation, so I'm not going to name him, but it was a very interesting conversation to kind of get him an insight of how these guys go about this. Obviously, every player is different, but it was interesting to hear him talk about it. He actually played spring ball heavier than he will play the season itself at, but he feels like he is moving better. He is feels like he is still weighs, the, I think he said it was 330 during spring ball, but he plans on playing the season at 310, something like that. So, very interesting stuff. The, the stuff you learn at BYU uh, Media Day, it's unique. I can tell you that much. And by the way, I'm going to be going on vacation next week, but I'm not leaving you guys shorthanded. I recorded a number of conversations, and the audio quality of them is up and down. I'm still figuring out my new equipment with regards to this YouTube side of things. But those conversations will be part of our podcast next week. So I will not be leaving you empty-handed, even though I will be out of the state on vacation with my family. But we will have some good conversations. You'll hear most of those next week. All right. 
Coming up here in just a moment, we need to talk about what's going on with the BYU depth chart. Some of the things that stood out on that side of things, the too deep for BYU is out. We'll get to all that here in just a minute. But first, let's talk about our friends over at Built Bar. And folks, the best tasting Built Bar is coming back. It is our good friends, the Coconut Brownie Chunk, but it's coming back in a puff form. If you don't know what the Coconut Puff is or the Puff Bars from Built Bar, what they are is they are first of its kind marshmallow. Uh, it's a protein-infused marshmallow bar covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. They're just super light and airy. The best part is that Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar is the best tasting Built Bar they have ever made, bar none. I, I, I'm a I'm a stan for that Built Bar. It is far and away the best Built Bar. If you want to get on this, it is available now for a very limited time. You got to get to Built.com right now. Make sure you don't miss out. They're going fast because they absolutely taste amazing. They're made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently. It also provides a ton of health benefits along the way. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you guys. The best part about Built Puffs, as we said, is they taste amazing, but you can enjoy them guilt-free because they're actually good for you. They are the perfect treat, perfect when you got a craving, when you need to satisfy your sweet tooth, or if you need a quick, healthy snack, they're an excellent source of protein. Delicious coconut, rich sweet brownie, creamy marshmallow. Stop fantasizing. Get to Built.com to order your box or boxes of the coconut brownie chunk Built Puffs right now. Go to Built.com. Use that promo code, by the way, LOCKED15 while you're there. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order. Get enjoy the best tasting protein bars and puffs with our friends at Built Bar. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Tonight is the night, folks. If you're an NBA draft junkie, tonight is the annual event you've been looking forward to. The entire NBA channel is going live tonight for NBA draft. You'll have coverage for your favorite NBA team, live reaction to trades, the picks they make, all that stuff. Check it out wherever you get your favorite uh, NBA team. Follow that Locked On NBA channel on YouTube so you get notified when they go live tonight with the NBA draft ongoing. All right, let's talk about the depth chart here for a moment. Uh, no surprise that Jaron Hall is QB1. The interesting note was that Jacob Conover is the clearly delineated number two quarterback. Cade Fennigan and Soljay Maiava Peters who are competing with him in spring ball. Both of them were slow due to some issues with their health. Well, Jacob Conover apparently has taken the bull by the horns and he is the number two guy going into camp. Now, their backfield running mate, whether it's Jaron Hall or Jacob Conover, Chris Brooks, uh, Aaron Roderick in the BYU State of the Program media session said that Chris Brooks has, quote, earned it to be the number one running back. Lopini Katoa is listed as the number two guy, with Jackson McChesney, Miles Davis, and Hinkley Ropati having oars next to their name as the third string back. The good news is for BYU at running back, Lopini Katoa is the most slight of the five backs listed, and he's listed at 205 pounds. There's a lot of beef in that backfield for BYU, and that's a positive if you're a BYU fan. Puka Nakua, as well as... Um, Gunnar Romney are your leading two receivers. Aaron Roderick also saying that the number three guy right now is Keanu Hill. He is also listed as a starter for BYU. Isaac Rex and Dallin Holker have an or next to their name. I think that's a very smart move with regards to Isaac Rex and his uh, health status. Steve uh, Clark, the tight ends coach, said that it's a, it, the structural issues are not there in his mind. He says that there's no structural issues. It's just more of a pain tolerance and comfortability thing with regards to Isaac Rex. I did not get a chance to ask Isaac himself, so I apologize. I don't have more insight on that, but I'm telling you what Steve Clark told me when I asked him about it. Now, 
On the offensive line front, real quick, Blake Freeland, Kingsley Suomataia, and Campbell Barrington are all listed as or for the starting left tackle position. You can't tell me that Blake Freeland is not the number one guy there. But opposite that, at right tackle, Harris Lachance, Kingsley Suomataia, and Braden Keim have ors next to name at right tackle. Daryl Funk's playing some games with his guys here, folks. At center, you got Connor Pay or Joe Tukuafu. At right guard, you got Joe Tukuafu and or uh, Campbell Barrington. And then at left guard is the only clearly delineated one-two is Clark Barrington, who's an NFL prospect in his own right, with Tyler Little listed as his backup. So a lot of interchangeable parts along that offensive line, but not all that surprising. Now, flipping over to the defense for a moment here, the notable things out there I felt like I saw looking into this depth chart. I'm seeing noticeable weight gain. That's the biggest thing. 288 pounds for Earl Tuioti Mariner. Blank Bangleson, 270 pounds. Tyler Batty, as we mentioned earlier, 275 pounds. Alden Tofa is bulked up to 272 pounds. That's an interesting note there. Alema Pelimai is listed as a defensive tackle, by the way, the former BYU tight end. They have him listed at 6'4", 270 pounds. Apparently, he decided, you know what? I'm going to eat. I'm going to bulk up. I'm going to play defensive tackle. I think Alema is a great athlete, and hopefully this is the right spot for him. At the linebacker positions, you're seeing uh, a lot of the guys you expect to come back. Ben Bywater is a starter. Chaz Ayu and Max Tooley listed as a co-starter at Flash. Keenan Peely is a starter at Mike Backer. Rover Backer is Peyton Wilgar. The Cinco position, Matt Udo. A lot of guys who had injuries a year ago, they are atop the depth chart. And I think it kind of shows how many injuries BYU absorbed during the 2021 campaign and should benefit BYU with regards to getting guys back into the program. Now, we mentioned earlier on that you're losing two top-level cornerbacks in both Keenan Ellis and Isaiah Heron. D'Angelo Mandela is still the starter at one cornerback spot. Caleb Hayes, who had a fantastic season with a number of uh, past breakups, double digits a year ago. He is the starter opposite him. Behind those guys, you've got Caleb Christensen backing up D'Lo, while Gabe Judy Lally is listed as the backup behind Caleb Hayes. And then beyond that, you have five freshmen listed as backups on this list. Evan Johnson, Zion Allen, Nate Gillis, Corbin Green, and Chica Ebunoha. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that one correctly. So a lot of youth at that cornerback position. So you want to see guys like Caleb Hayes, Gabe Judy Lowley, D'Angelo Mandel, Caleb Christensen all stay healthy because you don't want to have to throw one of these freshmen to the wolves figuratively when you don't when you don't feel like you need to. And that's the biggest thing. And then the one final note I want to pass along on this is at the uh, safety spots, Ammon Hanneman and Micah Harper and Taylor Alfrey are your guys at strong safety, while Malik Moore and Hayden Livingston are your guys at free safety. So looks like Chaz Ayu, linebacker, the flash spot that hybrid linebacker slash uh safety role. He is bulked up. He's listed at 212 pounds. It appears that linebacker is where Chaz's future is going to remain. So that's what I stood out to me with regards to BYU's depth chart. Jake Oldroyd is the starting kicker. Not all that surprising. Ryan Rico, obviously the starting punter. Uh, Miles Davis and Jacob Bourne are listed as your kick returners, while Hobbs Nyberg and Talmadge Gunther are listed as your punt returners. Like I said, there there wasn't a ton of notable stuff out there, but there's a few things. So hopefully uh, you guys found that of worth to see what's going on with the roster. I think the biggest thing is, is you're seeing a lot of established bodies for BYU along this depth chart. That is what you like to see with a veteran team who's got a lot of expectations for this, for themselves. And that's what it's going to take for BYU. they got to go out and really show what they can do. And I know the expectation is only going to ratchet up from here. Uh, I felt like Ed Lamb, I had a conversation uh, that I heard on the radio station that I worked for, the KSL Sports Zone. He made it sound like BYU could challenge for double digits. He, he all but said it. Let's just put it that way. He, he's like, we got a really good team. 
this coaching staff, they really like what they've got going on right now. Hopefully it pays off. That's the biggest thing is you, you, you cannot let this team slack off. You have to make sure that they are understanding. Okay. You guys want to be the team you believe you can be. You've got to take care of the little things first. You cannot go out there and let another team boss you around. You got to do the small things. You can't let things slip and slide and think, okay, no, we're all right. We'll get, we'll get away with that. There's none of that, especially as you get ready for Big 12 next year. We're just over a year away from BYU being a part of the Big 12. You cannot afford to have things slip now. you got to keep the guys engaged, keep them uh, motivated, keep them working hard. And as so long as they are motivated, there's no reason that BYU can limit themselves this season. All right, final thing we need to talk about here is a couple of notes from a former BYU star, a two-time national champion. He continues to add accolades. We'll wrap up today's show with that, as well as one other uh, note I wanted to pass along that goes to the BYU Athletic Department. A great hire coming back home in many ways. We'll get to that here momentarily. First though, a word on our friends at Intercap Lending. There is a reason that no lender helps more families in the state of Utah with their mortgage needs than our friends at Intercap Lending. The reason? Intercap, simply put, gets deals done. They feature a quick and simple process. They, they close loans on average two weeks faster than their competitors. The best part is right now with interest rates starting to rise and they're jumping by leaps and bounds every time the Fed seems to meet, you can still take advantage and get into the market, restructure your deal, uh, refinance is what I'm trying to say. Take advantage of it now. Call our friends over at Intercap Lending. Steve Carter is our personal loan officer with Intercap Lending. He is dedicated to helping Locked On listeners. He has helped hundreds of them over the four or five years he's been advertising with the Locked On Podcast Network. He's been with us here on Locked On Cougars for over a year now. A great dude. I promise you will have a fantastic experience with him. The best part is, if you mention that you're a Locked On Cougars listener when you speak with him, you get their corporate rate discount. Yes, they're giving you some extra money back into your pocket. So take advantage of it now. Reach out to Steve with any and all questions you might have. His direct number, 385-800-8528. That is 385-800-8528. You can also email him. That is scarter at intercaplending.com or reach out to us, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. I'd be happy to link you up, get you on your way. The best part is, is Intercap Lending is not a fly-by-night organization. they got 44 years of experience behind them. The best part is also that if you live outside the state of Utah, even though they're based here in Utah, they're able to help you in more than 40 states nationwide. Give Steve a call. Give Steve a call, excuse me. He'll answer any and all questions. Once again, that's 385-800-8528. Make sure you mention you're a Locked On Cougars listener when you reach out. Uh, like I said, it's a great, great deal deal that our friends at Intercap Lending have got going for you guys. They're uh, a fantastic company. Check them out. That's Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. Intercap Lending is an equal housing lender. All right, before we go on today's show, let's say congratulations just one more time to Connor Mance. He was named a COSIDA NCAA Division I Men's Track and Field Cross Country 2021-2022 Academic All-American Citation Honoree that came out earlier this week. The annual honor roll is selected by the College Sports Information Directors of America, celebrates the nation's best in student-athlete excellence on the track and in the classroom. Mance was previously an all-district team on the same team on May 26, advanced to the All-American ballot. The best part is this is a dude who has won three individual conference titles. He has won two national titles, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Skyview product for out of the Logan area. Achieved a 3.76 GPA in mechanical engineering while just being one of the best racers in the entire country. He has since turned pro. He was named an All-American six times in his BYU career. He has signed a professional contract with Nike Running and continues to uh, compete with his sights set on being a part of the 2024 Summer Olympic Games over in Paris, France. 
Really, really cool stuff. Congratulations to Connor Mance. Also, congratulations and welcome welcome home to Tyson Hutchins. He was a member of the BYU Athletic Department as a creative director for a number of years before going to Clemson to take over as their associate athletic director for creative services. Well, they brought him back to BYU. He is now the associate athletic director over creative strategy. It's part of a bigger restructuring that I actually want to talk more about on tomorrow's edition of the podcast. A new layer of bureaucracy for BYU Athletic athletics is to get ready for the big 12 but part of that was that tyson hutchins is coming home this is actually a really cool thing he spent two years working as the associate athletic director for creative solutions was the official title at clemson he actually uh, talked about he got personally pitched uh, by Dabo swinney the head coach over there at clemson he has done a fantastic job he gets talked about in multiple circles i've had him talked about in my media circles dude is a revolutionary he's a visionary and getting tyson hutchins to come back home is just a home run high for BYU Athletics. So congratulations and welcome back to Tyson Hutchins. All right, that is going to do it for this. Officially, it'll be a Thursday edition of the show. We'll be back with a Friday edition for you guys. And as I said, next week, going into next week, a lot of great interviews from BYU Football Media Day. You'll hear those as I head out of town for the next week or so, but we will not leave you guys empty-handed. So thank you once again for making us your first listen today. Make sure you go check out our friends over the Locked On Big 12 podcast. They do a fantastic job uh, keeping you up to date on everything going on in the Big 12 Conference. Josh Neighbors has got you covered top to bottom, so check that out. Free and available wherever you get your podcasts, just like this one. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your day once again. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for, what, June 23rd, 2022. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. See ya.